The following is an exclusive presentation of Pirate Radio, the voice of the Pirate Nation. Welcome to the Pirate Radio Podcast, featuring special guests discussing a wide range of topics and personal stories. Now live from the Pirate Radio studio, here's Shirley Rhodes. Hello and welcome to another episode of the Pirate Radio Podcast, featuring ECU Athletics Director John Gilbert. On today's podcast, Troy D. will have a great discussion on the state of ECU Athletics. Sit back and relax. Today's Pirate Radio Podcast starts right now. Welcome in. Great to have you with us today and great to have John Gilbert in studio, East Carolina University Athletic Director. John, good to see you again. Yeah, good to see you. Uh, I would say, man, this is kind of the calm uh, time of year. It's summertime, but I don't think there is a calm time of year anymore in the uh, athletic business. The, the week of 4th of July is calm, mostly because all the coaches go on vacation that week. Yeah. But other than that, it's it's pretty much year-round, and, and honestly, I think we've done a little bit to ourselves. Uh, I, I mean, athletically, the the rules we put in place. You know, I'm going back to my early career in athletics. W- once baseball was over, everyone was gone, and th- and they showed up in August to start camp. You know, football, soccer, volleyball. Yeah. Well, basketball. Well, with the rule changes, it it's year round. Yeah. There's like, no off season anymore. There, there is no break. And. Yeah. Uh, a piece of me would love to go back to the old days <laughs> yeah. where there's a little bit of a break because you know you all plan and do things you know well in advance mm-hmm. you know think about hosting a regional on a super regional which is awesome great um but you know you do that and and it shrinks your time yeah to you know you blink and all of a sudden you go hey it's football season yeah great problem to have i want to come back and talk about that and you had to do it on a short time span too yeah because that's not something you can you can kind of plan for but until it happens you're not a hundred percent set on anything right but i'll come back let's let's start john with talk about ec football because that's what we're getting ready to get into um season ticket sales seem to be going well um i know individual game tickets just went on sale you got a big game against nc state to start the season september 3rd first of all how are season ticket sales looking as as we talk right now knowing that number will continue to change and how is it looking for the nc state game do you project with single ticket sales will that game sell out so I, I'm, I am extremely encouraged about where we are on ticket sales. I actually read an article today out of uh, Sports Business Journal, which is kind of an athletic trade publication uh, based out of Charlotte. And they, they were touting uh, Appalachian State at 11,000 tickets. Um, Cincinnati was at uh, Cincinnati and Central Florida were both at 24, 25,000 season tickets. And they were also talking about San Diego State, who was at 12,500. Today, we're at 14,300 ish. Mm-hmm. Uh, really encouraged about where that is. You know, obviously, I'd love to get to 15,000, but I, I am really happy. Uh, if you look nationally, you know, most uh, schools are down. We're, we're actually trending the other way, uh, upward. So really encouraged about uh, where we are. We've got a few weeks left to sell. You know, you can get a ticket in the upper deck uh, in the fam family friend zone for as low as $125. Yeah, for all the games. For all the games. Yeah. So, so you look at the NC State game, that's a $75 mm-hmm. ticket. Yeah. You, you're almost better off buying, you know, yeah. a, a season ticket and, and uh, 
you know, coming to a few games or, or even trying to sell it later yeah, sure. uh, from a profitability standpoint. The the single game tickets for NC State obviously are moving well. Now for the next, uh, this week and next week, it is Pirate Club members only. Okay. So if you're a Pirate Club member, you know, and you want five, six, seven, eight, 20 tickets, um, you know, this is your time. Yeah. Once once that's over, then we'll go to the to the general public. I, I feel good that we're gonna have a very good crowd. I'm not ready to say we're gonna have a sellout. And the and the only reason I say that is what when you look at it and let's hope we get to um Fifteen thousand season tickets, and I'm going to use that number right now. Mm-hmm. Fifteen thousand uh, season tickets. You, um, let's say we get ten thousand students, which is reasonable. Mm-hmm. All right, now we're at twenty five thousand people. So between season tickets and the student population, we're halfway full. Yeah. N- now throw in um, visiting team tickets. You know. Three, four, five thousand, whatever that is. Let's call it five thousand. Okay, we're at thirty thousand. Now you have to sell twenty thousand single game tickets. Right. That is a lot of tickets yes. to move. Yeah. Uh, and, and so, I feel good about forty, forty-five thousand. Yeah. Uh, I'm not ready today to say I, I think we're going to get to a sellout. Yeah. Well, and a couple things working against you. Unfortunately, it's it's an early kickoff. It's a holiday weekend. Uh, it's on national TV on ESPN. So those are things I guess going against folks that could still see the game but not buy, not come. And, and, and that really, if if you look at ECU historically, where we've been on season tickets, where we are, and just crowd attendance in general, you know, I'm not sure we're ever going back to those days because the way people view games now. I agree. You, you know, back when we won back to back Conference USA titles, and we're in the you know eighteen to twenty something thousand season tickets. If the game wasn't picked up by ESPN, it was not on TV. You had to be in Greenville, North Carolina right. to watch it. Well, well, now you can be in Wonderful and go, I don't know if I'm yep. going to go to the game. I'm going to flip it and watch it on my phone. Exactly. That's or, exactly right. Or my right. iPad. It, Times it, have changed. You're right. It, and that ultimately yep. does hurt us from that standpoint. But having said all that, I'm thrilled where we are on season tickets so far. I, I remember when all this was starting, you know, the the visibility and the online piece and the streaming of every game. And Terry Holland was AD then. He said, you know, it's going to hurt us season ticket wise, or, or, or it might hurt someone coming to the game, but it's going it may help us visibility wise because more people may actually see the program, right? What's going on? So it's kind of a double edged sword. And, and I'm sure we're going to talk about conference expansion mm-hmm. later, but this is a really big piece for us because, uh, again, in these national trade publications, you, you know, in the current AAC, we'll probably be third in attendance, much like we were last year. Uh, Cincinnati, Central Florida, no particular order, and then I'd say the East Carolina Pirates. So, you know, the more that we can celebrate, talk about that, you know, San Diego State's being talked about as, you know, a team that conferences ought to look at. And, And I'm really happy with the American. I think we're exactly where we ought to be right now. But we also want to grow the program. The more people that buy tickets and come to our games, the better our 
the better we can grow the program. And as you know, there's one variable that will control all of that more than anything. And that, of course, is winning. The more you win, the more people want to come and support the program and it builds excitement. So something about winning, people want to see a winner and be a part of it. And uh, if the Pirates can start hot and stay hot who knows how what the crowds could be yeah like, you know and, and you know this is the first time since i've uh, been here where the tower will be sold out so yeah. i'm going into i'm in year four um you, you know completely sold out tower which to your point uh we had our first winning season last year since 14 Mm -hmm. you know we open with nc state there's a lot of excitement and for folks that might be listening to us that aren't in the weeds like we are day to day don't know what that you mean by the tower that's the town bank tower the new premium seating is what you're referring to the 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 club level the uh, the loge boxes the sky boxes those type of things that is all now sold out in the, in the new area which is tremendous for east carolina because that, that is a lot of revenue because those aren't cheap so. it, 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 they are not cheap um that's a great step in the right direction it gets back to what i'm seeing at stadiums across the country it's not about building bigger anymore it's about building better and a lot of places are going down sometimes in size, but making it nicer. And we've talked about that off the air, even taking a look at potentially Minji's of retrofitting it to make it more comfortable. And it's it's not about how many people you can pack in anymore. It's about the quality and the experience. Well, n- no one wants to go to the game anymore. I say no one. Very few people want to go to the game anymore and just sit in the stands. You know, the typical calls we get, if, if there's not a premium seat available then they go i i want to sit on an aisle uh you know on the by a portal right in, in the shade yeah yeah and, and you're going okay there, there's only so many of those right. and most of those are taken up by season ticket holders yeah um let's talk about you know one of the issues last year and it was an issue with everybody not just east carolina but with with covid and the lack of workers just being able to staff a a football game with concessions and different things and and you know i think you guys did the best under tough circumstances you've had a little bit more time to kind of regroup after that what is the situation operationally now because especially for that first game you're gonna say there's forty five thousand people there that's a lot of folks in one area how is the staffing this year? Are we able to kind of ramp up? Is there, are there enough workers this year? Will the lines, do you think, be shorter? Where, where are you operational-wise? Well, I, I've been told that our, our service provider uh, for concessions, Aramark, will fully staff uh, and, and have the number of workers available to to do that, which is you know a huge concern for me because – uh, one, I want to make sure that our, our fan base has a uh, really good um, you know experience when they come to our games. And, and then the, the second piece is there, there's a financial component to it. So every time I see people in a long line, you know, the hair on the back of my neck stands up because that's money. Yeah. And uh, we're not moving them through. Uh, in an effective and efficient manner. I, I think one thing that will help, uh, we're going to have a new caterer in the tower, uh, Rocky Top Catering. Uh, they're out of uh, Chapel Hill. Uh, they do uh, they do North Carolina. They also do a lot of high-end premium special events. They're going to be servicing our premium areas this year, uh, which I'm excited about. And, and I think that will help 
Aramark. Kind of frees up the start. people that were yeah, up there yeah, to do other things yeah, yes. in the stadium. Yeah, so yeah. I, I think that should help. We're it, It's at the top of my list and um, – you know want want to make sure that we're providing a really good experience yeah and even as simple things like getting in the stadium uh, i think you know expediting you know it's that's a lot of people coming through the gates making hey, sure all the gates are open and staffed and trying to get people in the stadium as quickly as possible and it you know the difficult thing about playing in nc state usually it's a you know it's a opener where it, it's not an nc state type team coming in and you have time to you know adjust and and it's it's unique to most every other industries you know we haven't played a game since last november Mm -hmm. and we're getting ready to host fifty thousand people and you can't do a dry run right (laughs) like like there's no there's no availability to do that yeah and we can do an open scrimmage or something like that and you might get a couple thousand people right And, and so it's basically Hey, flip on the switch, yeah. and you better and be drink from the fire hose. You better yeah. be fully operational. Yeah. What's new for this year? I know the scoreboard is under renovation. That's going to be something new. How is that going? And uh, any other things for the fans that might be new that they need to be on the lookout for? Well, I, I think the big piece is the 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 video board is being replaced. We're also adding two LED boards. So on the north and south sides of the stadium, you're going to see a LED board that will be on the fascia that will run the length of the field. So from an aesthetic atmosphere standpoint, now, um, obviously night games will be better than day, but I think you're going to see a whole new look. Now, when you say north, that's the double deck side. Is that correct? The upper deck side? Yes, the upper deck side. So on that concrete fascia of that north side, there's going to be a LED ribbon board that okay. will run. So that'll be very noticeable. Be, be, be very noticeable. Yeah. We'll also be able to do ga- a lot more game atmosphere stuff yeah. uh, with it. Uh, and then we'll put one over on the tower on the south side uh, of the building. And then each of the corners uh, and the end zones, we're all getting new uh, scoreboards and LED boards down there. So aesthetically, it is in, from a video capability standpoint, it'll lock, look a lot differently. And then obviously, we're going to get a new sound system uh, as part of this. So um, we'll have Kid Zone again. You know, we're going to have different days, you know, Military Day and uh, Family Weekend and, and all those special events. You announced earlier this year the fundraising goal. I forget the name of it, it, had a, it has a catchy name Pirates Unite. Yes, that's it. And uh, a big piece of that is for an indoor practice facility, multi-sport, but obviously, for, you know, football would would take precedence in that. Uh, how is the fundraising going for that? Because I know the goal for that is around twenty twenty-five million, and and nowadays we've talked about this before. In case fans didn't hear you last time, um, you and Ryan Robinson both discussed this. Before it can be built, the money has to be raised. This is no longer a, you can finance it out in the future. Now right. you got to pay for it before it starts. So how is that project going? Well, I I would say our campaign is going really well, and uh, you know I said this the other day, and it it does bear repeating. Our, our donors right now are spending more money than they've ever spent or invested with ECU athletics. Um, countless donors have increased their giving levels significantly, and, and so just you know, really pleased with those that that are that are helping us. the The whole campaign is you know right around sixty million. We've got a multitude of projects 
Uh, obviously, the indoor practice facility is is one of the bigger ones. You know, we're doing a, a weight room, new weight room right now that's under construction. Hopefully, we'll be done. You know, it's, in October, it's gone up fast. It has gone up yeah. fast. Now we're we've got you know a few supply chain things that mm-hmm. it's going to slow down uh, just because we're waiting on things. You know, we're going to have to wait probably on the equipment to get there. But by October, November, I'm hoping that it's, uh, you know, operational and ready. We're, we're doing a swimming locker room renovation right now. Um, you know, we want to do something in Minji's. We want we got a baseball expansion, our team's building that that um, holds our Olympic sports teams. We want to expand that to give our Olympic sport teams more space. And, and then another really big component that's probably just as important as bricks and mortar is we're, we're making a push for people to give to individual sports teams restricted funds. Mm-hmm. So, you know, someone could, could make a donation to any one of our sports teams. It could go in their restricted fund and that would help supplement anything operationally that they couldn't buy with their budget. They can go to their restricted fund. And we've had quite a few people that have stepped up and done that. And, and specify per sport. That yeah. It just doesn't go yeah, to they, a general fund. They say, no, I no. want to support this for baseball. Absolutely. Like yeah. they, they could go to any one of our 18 sports. Yeah. All right. Uh, we're talking to John Gilbert. He's the director of athletics for East Carolina University. John, just curious, what is the annual budget now for ECU? Like, the it costs this much to operate this many sports on an annual basis. Yeah, we'll be right around forty-five million this year. Um, you know, which is, you know, towards the bottom third of our league. Yeah. Um, you know, now we we have done a lot of things to help improve and sustain that. Uh, we've had a lot of donors that have that have helped uh you know with these restricted funds so I, I do think that we're trending in the right direction but but obviously um you know you you want to be on the upper end from a funding standpoint usually those teams like uh cincinnati houston and central florida that that are leaving us th- those are you know probably three of the four upper funded teams in our league i'd probably put smu in that that four slot and just so fans have a comparison like what what would their budgets be you know uh houston's probably 80 million Mm -hmm. uh you know somewhere in that so spending close to double what we were spending yes yeah and for folks that obviously the university's annual budget is much bigger as a whole probably i forget the the huge number that is your division within that university but if you think about it as a 45 million dollar business uh it'll be one of the larger businesses in greenville and that's really kind of what it is it's a business within a business of the university well we've had a great partnership with campus dr rogers has been extremely supportive as is campus I, i feel like we're very aligned with them and they're extremely supportive of what we do you know there is a huge economic impact to what you know what we do athletically not, not only pirate athletic events but other events that we've hosted uh on our athletic footprint that bring people to greenville so yep. i i think it is a worthy uh investment um you know on behalf of the institution and and all those people that help contribute Oh, the economy would be very different without ECU Athletics in yeah, Greenville, yeah, yes. I think. Uh, and I, and I, I think, too, to your point, 
and, and I really heard it last year. The the more success that we have, the more people that come down and and buy T-shirts mm-hmm. and and eat in restaurants yep. and you know want to stay an extra night to you know have a good time and experience the town. Hundred percent. You inherited. Um, a, a, a program that was running massive deficits. I know one of your goals when you first got here was, hey, let's just try and limit these deficits. We may never get out of it totally. It just may be the cost of doing business now that, you know, the best you could hope for is to break even. And even that may be tough to do in this environment. What type of deficit are you running nowadays? Have you been able to cut into it some? Yeah. And and we we have significantly uh, shrunk our deficit. Uh, When you look in, I'm going back to the COVID year, you know, we were we were thinking you know double digit you know millions deficit and and we cut it to single digits by you know a lot of sacrifice by a lot of people um i I feel good where we are with that like our we've tried to uh you know mitigate expenses but like one of the tough things is from a budget standpoint that you know no one's thinking about nor probably should they but like when you budget um you know we fly think of how many flights that we have with all our 18 sports teams all over the country i think about that often john because i i've priced some flights out recently just for like me to go somewhere and i see how expensive it is i was like man imagine trying to fly first of all the logistics of moving everybody's a headache but then the cost is through the roof it is through the roof like you know we we go in you know a year ago budgeting you know 350 a commercial flight right now it's 550 you can't find a 350 flight yeah. uh so we, we continue to work on that and obviously grow our revenue uh and and i do feel like we're in a in a very positive place in that regard you had some things happen like with ecu baseball and we you talked about winning how exciting that was and i mean the, the the crowds were absolutely incredible uh for that hosting a regional and a first time super regional here in greenville is that a money maker is that more of a break-even type of deal well, you know, baseball across the country, unless you're at maybe LSU, is not a moneymaker. Um, you know, most programs, you know, in totality uh, don't, don't operate uh, in the black. We are fortunate in, in what Cliff and his coaches have done and, and players, just everybody associated with our baseball program to host four regionals in a row uh is just outstanding and so when you host those regionals the majority of the money goes back to the ncaa right it is basically an ncaa event that we're hosting in greenville north carolina yeah you're the middleman for that we're the middleman so we do get an honorarium uh you know from hosting those things where we do we can generate some revenue and Typically, what we do is kind of reinvest it right back into baseball. And you rewarded Cliff Godwin with a nice extension and raise for him, and I know uh, possibly for some of his staff, too. Yeah, they, they um, you know, I, I just can't say enough of what they've done and, and the accomplishments. Uh, four regionals in a row to host a super regional at our place, it just... Uh, speaks volume to the stability that we have and while we're talking baseball just quickly uh thoughts and prayers to uh parker bird who uh was terribly injured in a boating accident yeah uh, over the weekend awful story he was going to coming in as a new player this year yeah uh he's been with us for you know probably middle end of june when summer school started and and uh, just tragic Uh, i'm you know thankful that um 
everyone reacted the way they did and and uh he's in a safe and stable place now and continue to you know have our thoughts and prayers with him and his family that you know through this whole recovery process ecu basketball under new leadership uh coach schwartz has come in a lot of new obviously new coaches new players gonna have a new look this year on top of it with everything um i mean everything will be new with ecu basketball this year although what's new might be old because some of the throwback stuff could be coming back from what i've seen and heard uh your expectations for ecu basketball this year well i think my expectation is um you know having stability within the staff and the players and then growth you you know um we've got five six returning guys everybody else is new i think that's going to be the new norm in in particularly in college basketball uh there are a lot of rule changes that are coming down they're they're even talking about doing away with the one-time transfer so you could a big game changer you could transfer as much as you want as long as you're making progress towards your degree wow And, and so um, if that passes, uh, you're going to see a change in college athletics, and I think we're seeing a little bit of that already. Is that a good change, do you think? Uh, I don't think it's a good change. I think we're, I think we're going down a, a, uh, a dangerous path. And look, I, I want to do all the things for our student-athletes that we can do, but, but I'm just going back to me in college and, and – Take a you know what our student athletes do. People really don't fully grasp how hard it is what they do. The amount of time that they spend, you know, on the field or in the gym or in the batting cage, you know, it it is really really difficult what they do uh, and the number of hours that they spend. And, and then throw on top of it all the pressure, you know, when hey, so-and-so didn't pitch well or they didn't, you know, they didn't play well that day and everybody tells them how good or bad they are on on social media. They're just a ton of pressure. Yeah. And now we're going to throw into that, hey, you you might be able to go to a new school each year. Yeah. Like I, how you manage that. I know when I was in college, there is no way, you know, we're living in a new place. Yeah. You know, it just, I, I think there it's are- It's too quick to quit. It is it's too easy to quit it nowadays. Is. Where I don't know if that's always the best for. Well, I, I was talking to our our freshman student athletes yesterday. Uh, they were all together, and one of the messages that I talk to the to, to them every year about, and they're probably tired of me hearing hearing from me on this, is everybody develops at a different stage. Like mm-hmm. they all come to us from from different backgrounds some come from stable some come from unstable some come from really good coaching some come from no coaching or very little coaching at all Mm -hmm. some come with you know great strength and you know they've had a trainer their whole life right some have never lifted weights and so they get to us and you know obviously we provide them all the same things and want to help them grow and develop and i talk to them about not judging themselves about the from the person next to them like make sure you're continuing to work to be the best version of you Mm -hmm. because i've seen throughout my almost 30 years in college athletics i've seen kids that don't play as a freshman they don't play as a sophomore and then 
their junior year, they're a first team All American. Or yep. you, you know they they lead the team in the league in scoring as as a junior, but they really didn't play their freshman and sophomore year. Right. And so these rules that that we've put in place to help better the kid, there there is no I'm going to overcome adversity. It's usually yep. man, I'm not sitting on the end of the bench. I'm going somewhere else where I can play. That grass is a lot greener over there. Yeah. And it's amazing to me, you know. How many times I hear from them and go, man, if if I could have done this over again, I think I would have stayed. Mm-hmm. Um, so we we continue to educate them, continue to to help help them grow and develop. But I do think that um, you know those that stick around uh, benefit. It, it's just we're we're not uh, tackling adversity very well. All right, I don't want to let you get out of here without talking about the world of conference realignment and affiliation uh, before we, we wrap up. I, really, you know, we could sit here all day and talk about it. And pre- but where, as you look at, you know, you're in this business. This is what you do. Five to ten years from now, John, where, where do you see this thing? Where, where is major college athletics conference-wise? Well, I, I think a couple things. Number one, I don't think it's going to take that long. I think we're going to see – two to three years tops you're you're gonna see the dust settle and i think a couple things one i think you're going to see a pay-for-play model uh we all know about nil uh and i I think eventually you're just going to see and, and we see it already at much larger schools you're gonna see pay for play um I also think as it relates to conference realignment. Almost semi-pro type of deal, if you will. Oh, oh, I think it's not semi. Yeah. It's going to be professional. Yeah. They're going to get paid. Yeah. And I'm not imp- implying ECU will do that model, but I think there'll be a model within mm-hmm. Division One athletics, like the higher resource schools yep. will have a pay-for-play model. And I think you're going to see a bunch of deregulation where – essentially on a lot of things there are no rules like for instance right now you can only do five official visits well they may deregulate that and go you can go on an official visit every weekend if you want to Mm -hmm. and if you want to fly them in on a private plane and their family to do the visit you can do that Mm -hmm. and what it's going to do is it is going to further separate those schools that have resources but i would also say those really high resource schools they will not be able to afford to do all of those things and do all that other stuff that they're currently doing so in order for even the most resource school they're going to have to make cuts to get there whatever those cuts are personnel teams travel conference of you know what whatever that is you know even the most resource school they can't all of a sudden go hey we're going to fly everybody in a private plane right we're going to pay and we're going to do those things it's not an endless pot of gold no no they're they're going to have to tighten their belt somewhere and then as it relates to conference expansion if you look at what the big 10 and the sec did they took texas and oklahoma southern cal usc you know i would argue four of you know probably the top 10 brands in college athletics 
they didn't take a bunch of schools. There, there are a lot of schools that that they didn't take, and and so you're seeing in this expansion, it is largely about money and football. Yep, and. and um, you know, you you look at there's some schools in the Big Ten or Big Twelve that have done exceptionally well. Uh, you, you know, in basketball, they're still in the Big Twelve. Yeah, Th- this is about money and, and football, football. Yep. and and the amount of money that those schools like USC and UCLA, the Big Ten, those schools are getting. 50 plus million right now a year yeah could be doubled with this new deal and and so what's going to happen with these other conferences they're going to have to make a move or they're going to get left behind financially Mm -hmm. and i'm ballparking here and being very um uh it's a ballpark figure Mm -hmm. but but right now today in in conference distribution Vanderbilt probably brings in 20 million or more in conference distribution than Clemson. Mm-hmm. Well, l- like go, go to the next uh, SEC school that that's getting 20 million more than Clemson. Yeah, and can Clemson compete without that 20 min 20 million? Absolutely, they can compete. But at some point, the money will get so far out of whack with these other conferences that they're going to go out and provide all these things that a lot of schools will not be able to provide. And so right now, every NCAA rule that's made, it's really made for um, competitive equality. You know, like right now today, we have 85 scholarships North Carolina has 85 mm-hmm. scholarships. You know, we can do these things per the rules. They can do these things per, per the rules. Well, what you're going to have pretty soon is, again, no two to three. <laughs> yeah. th- there's going to be no equality. You're yeah, going to see that now. You're going to have a few schools that are just going to be doing a bunch of different crazy things and then the rest of us. Yeah. And, and that's coming quickly. So before I let you get out of here, where do you see ECU then? Where does ECU fall in this, um, you know, three years from now, two years from now, three years from now, five years from now? Well, I, I think we are very stable where we are with our league. We have an excellent TV contract and conference distribution compared to our peers. So we get, you know, ballpark around $7 million a year in conference dist- distribution. You know, the, the leagues below us are getting a lot less than that. So we're in a really good neighborhood and have really good neighbors right now. Um, now, could could one of our neighbors or other schools leave and that number goes down? That could happen. Mm-hmm. But the, the more that we can be competitive and win, the more that we can sell tickets and, and generate revenue and put – you know, be the best version of ECU. Yep. That that is what we need to be doing right now. Um, so buy a ticket, join the Pirate Club, come to the game. Um, you know, be, yep. be a part of it. But but I do feel really good and stable where we are today. 
now much like everything else could could that change by this afternoon it could but but i do feel really good about where we are yeah i've said all along don't worry about what usc and ucla are doing Let, let's worry about what we can do and we control and and let's have fun and try and make it the best of, of what we're capable of doing no, no doubt like we, we need to be the best version of ourselves. and yeah. and look um we have a lot of great things going for us that like i'm going back to the season ticket number because i can't celebrate it enough you know we weren't mentioned in that article but in that article we're, we're probably the third best selling team out there and so uh you know it's like a, i'm like a car salesman do you ever sell enough cars never right but right. yeah same thing with tickets you never sell enough but but i am encouraged yeah. about where we are and where this fan base is john you know the great thing about this interview today uh, we went the whole segment, and I didn't even have to bring up COVID once. Yes. Uh, it wasn't that long. A year ago, you were sitting in this chair, and that's all we were talking about because it so dominated everything with the program. Yeah. So it's it, kind of nice to be getting away from that, knock on wood. It is. It's not completely gone away. Uh, you, you know, we're we're still getting it from time to time. Um but man, what, but a lot of the I, restrictions have gone away. Yeah, I hope I never have to live through that again. That was really yeah. tough. Thank you for being here. Uh, really appreciate your time and uh, good luck during these challenging times ahead too. There'll be a lot more changes ahead and who, who knows what we could be talking about uh, next time you're in the studio. Hey, the, the Pirates, we're resilient. We're going to survive and prosper. Go Pirates. And that was another great episode of the Pirate Radio Podcast with Troy D. and ECU Athletics Director John Gilbert. We'll be back very soon with another edition of the podcast. In the meantime, be sure to subscribe to our podcast in your Apple Store. You can also visit our website at PR927FM.com and follow us on social media at PR927FM to keep up with the latest news and information. Until next time, have a great day, everyone. You've been listening to the Pirate Radio Podcast, an exclusive presentation of Pirate Radio the voice of the Pirate Nation.